Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Our Secret Self. I'm super excited to announce my first guest on the podcast. It's my sister-in-law, Hannah Brennan Dolinar. And we've got a lot to talk about because we've had some deep conversations over the years. So it's kind of nice to kind of put this down in the podcast. But I think it's really cool that she's going for her master's in clinical mental health counseling. So I've got a few questions for her. And I think that we are going to be learning a few new things about mental health and maybe Maybe some ways of coping with different things and, you know, new terminology. We can always learn some new things. Also, something that I think is even more important is that she is here today to share her experience with living with anxiety, talking about some symptoms and things she's done to cope with that. So we'll get to that right after this. I dream that one day mental illness will be met with the same empathy as a physical illness. That people won't look down on you when they know you live with a mental illness and fight battles in your mind daily. This podcast is for those living with a mental illness, but also those who want to understand it. I wanted to create a space where mental health and illness conversation are normal and in turn expand that conversation to the rest of society in hopes of breaking the stigma. Our Secret Self, Living with a Mental Illness is about finding people you can relate to through shared experiences, finding a way out of isolation, getting some answers to your questions about mental health and mental illness, finding out some helpful information about things that might make you feel better, and having a place to talk freely without feeling judged. Every other week, we're going to be talking about mental illness matters with others who live with a mental illness. To those in the mental health profession, we'll share inspirational stories and quotes, as well as discuss mental illness topics. My name is Elise Solonar, and I am so, so happy that you decided to join me today. So let's do this. I know we kind of have some deep-ish conversations between you, me, and Evan, and I thought this was kind of you know, a good way to have one of those deep conversations and actually record it, you know. Um, and obviously we're talking about a little bit of mental health. And with this podcast, I kind of like to talk about shared experiences and kind of let people know they're not alone. Like other people kind of deal with this stuff too. And I know that you deal with anxiety. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit about your experience dealing with anxiety on a daily basis and kind of how you cope with things. So about two years ago, I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, um, also known as GAD. I had pretty much known that I had generalized anxiety disorder for a really long time, but um, it was only a couple of years ago that I started going to therapy. And then I learned that that was my diagnosis. When I first started experiencing anxiety was around puberty, I'd say. I mean, I'm sure I had some as a child too, but I didn't really know what it was and at around age 11 is when I had my first like really bad anxiety spell it was at the beginning of the summer and at one point I pretty much I had a nightmare and kind of felt sick at night and then I after that weeks following I like had this weird anxiety about going to sleep at night my whole days would be ruined because I'd be so paranoid and worried about falling asleep and the feelings of anxiety that went along with it. So like it was probably a month or so that uh, basically I was, I think I was 11 and like my dad had to like stay up with me and hold my hand while I fell asleep. Like I slept on their floor and eventually like it was disrupted by a family vacation like I just needed kind of like a reset and then that was able to like interrupt my strong feelings of anxiety about sleeping and 
I do remember like still noticing it after that. Like occasionally I'd get like little pangs, like the nervous knot in your chest just by the bypassing thought. But I never really had that same sleep issue again. So that was like my first like really bad one. Other than that, I'd just say that for me, it just presents itself as I just worry about everything that everyone else worries about, but just in a way that just disrupts my life a little bit more. Kind of like on a little bit of a higher level, like... (laughs) Yeah, like I'll just, I'll ruminate about something and like deep dive into that rabbit hole of fear. Like a lot of my worries come from health. So either my health or my family's health. And just like, I will zone out and like hyper-focus on the fear of like losing a family member suddenly. Or, I mean, there's always, I know a lot of my anxiety is social as well. So social situations where people that I don't know, like I get pretty nervous about those. Even people that I do know, like, or I see somewhat regularly, like there will be some anxiety there. And for today, going on this podcast, <laughs> uh, just being recorded or basically anything where like, I feel like I might be evaluated by someone else. Obviously this is more casual. Uh, social evaluation is a big one too. So, and as yes, far so- as like, Definitely oh, that ahead. fear of like judgment and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. And I know a lot of people have that. And I think social anxiety is very prevalent these days. Um, and there's all the social comparison on social media and everything that makes it worse. Social media. I just, you know, and I've, I try not to, of course, with this podcast, like I'm using, at least Instagram more, but I know for like personal accounts and stuff, like I just don't even really want to go on Facebook. And it's just, I feel like it's sometimes too much of this information overload. And then, yeah, you see all this stuff and it's like, oh, well, you know, and I don't like seeing, not that I don't like seeing, but it's like, I just want to avoid seeing like, oh, this person went on this vacation and they have this and they did this and they can do this and interact with or like, yeah, I, I pull out my weaknesses and go like, oh, well, this person can, you know, be a good public speaker or they like took on this project and stuff like that. And then, yeah, it's, you just start comparing yourself and like, oh, I wish I could go on a big vacation like this, or I wish I could do this. And it's, yeah, I've just found over the last couple months of kind of trying to not be on social media so much, it's, it's helped a little bit to be like, okay, you know what, just like focus on me and, and whatever else. And it's obviously yeah. still a work in progress, but I've noticed like kind of eliminating social media a little bit has helped, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I do feel better. I deactivated my Facebook and I can't bring myself to fully delete it for some reason I guess it's because there's a lot of old photos on there that I like and I just haven't removed them or whatever but I did deactivate it and I that was one where I could tell like every time I scrolled like it wasn't necessarily for anything positive it was all like negative news or people complaining about politics or yeah or feeling jealous of someone else's vacation or something like that so I was just kind of like it's not even keeping me in contact with people you know like I don't use Facebook to you know stay in touch with people I think most most of my friends use Instagram a little bit more I still have that one but I don't post like I don't really post on it yeah I I think I also felt that um kind of going back to like the judgment in social anxiety like I just felt like oh my gosh you know I'm not posting the right things and you know people aren't going to like this post and whatever else and it's like oh my god I don't I don't need this extra drama and I think that's what it kind of like you were saying it's more of a negative thing I feel like it just like 
brings in other people's drama and it's like oh my gosh no I got enough of that shit in my own life like I don't need extra stuff from yeah so social media just not helpful I totally yeah agree. totally agree I've, I've talked to some people about it and like will agree that certain certain social media platforms it like it makes you angry but it's like you feed off of that anger like the polit- like so a lot of people I feel like tw- use twitter that way like they get so you know angry about something and it's like an addictive feeling or something I don't know I I like yeah with Twitter I felt like that was the place that I would go and get angry about political stuff is like I haven't been on Twitter in probably a year now because it's like nope nope don't you don't don't even want to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> so it's like yeah nah, exactly yeah. with Instagram I've been trying to follow like positive things and either way it's still kind of like I don't need it but it, it is one that I feel like I can keep up with some people who I don't like necessarily stay in touch with that well. They mm-hmm. post a lot on there. So without it, you feel like so disconnected though. Like yeah. I think. I know with Instagram, I know you were saying that you follow it for some positive stuff. Like, I think that's one of the main reasons I am still on Instagram too. And I know like from previous episodes, I think I've read a couple quotes and stuff because I just like finding like, yeah, the inspirational quotes, something that's kind of, yeah, mental health, mental illness based, because sometimes there's things that I've read that's like, oh, hey, you know, I never really thought about it that way. Or, you know, it gives a different insight or yeah, something positive or um, Mm -hmm. something like that. So I like, I like to use it for the quotes. I love my quotes, man. Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's just, Instagram, I just find it so much easier to just kind of go through things and not get bogged down with other stuff like I feel like there's a lot not that there's not a lot going on on Instagram but I feel like there's a lot going on Facebook and Instagram is just kind of like okay a little bit less overwhelming I guess that makes sense Yeah. yeah I think I get that like it's not as much well I guess there is text along with the photos but I don't know I feel like it's just different than Facebook in that way and I never got into Twitter thank goodness. You, so you were talking about um, just kind of the different anxiety experiences that you've had. How have you kind of coped with them? Because obviously, like I know with my depression, things kind of got worse over time and it's like, okay, well, I got to like figure out how to <laughs> like reel some of this in. Like how, how do you do that with anxiety? So obviously there's therapy. I do feel like therapy has helped me a lot. Um, and I know it's, it's not really for everyone. And I can even say for myself, I've had a couple different therapists and I feel like for my first one, I liked her a lot, but it was more like talking to a friend, whereas it would be kind of surface stuff week to week. And I didn't really get into anything. Like, it's like, I almost knew that I wasn't getting into the real stuff, but like, I guess I wasn't ready yet, or I just, I was using it as like a, well, I'm going to therapy every week or every other week. So obviously I'm working on myself and I'm getting better. And that made me feel better, even though I knew I wasn't talking about the stuff I needed to, because the stuff I need to talk about, you know, that's going to be the harder thing to actually change and work on. So I did that for probably longer than I should have. And then upon switching to my new therapist, who this one is, I, I like her a lot. She's very direct with me in a way that I think I need. And also I was more ready to like dig in to like, I was like, okay, so there's all of these things that I should have talked about with my last therapist that I'm going to just tell you about this right up front so that 
you have to hold me to it, you know? So that's helped. And then as far as like coping on my own, um, I've tried meditation and mindfulness and I wasn't into it for a while. I haven't really lately, but it has helped a lot. It kind of keeps your mind, obviously like mindfulness is just being mindful in the present moment. And when you're worrying about stuff, you're usually living in the past or living in the future somewhere. So like, it just kind of makes you realize that no matter what, like this moment, you know, as long as you're, you distance yourself from your thoughts, like this moment is peaceful. Like it can like bring you peace and just be like, for this 10 minutes, I'm not going to engage in any of these random thoughts that are going by. Like you'll still have them, but you need to like, just kind of not engage with them. So I haven't really been doing it lately. I, I can't really say why I just like, it is hard to stick with it, but for people who don't like to just sit there crocheting is another like way I I feel like it's a mindfulness activity in a way like if you don't like have tv or something on in the background and you're literally just focusing on what you're doing with your hands it's very repetitive and it can kind of like keep you present I get that like if you've if you've got something that you're focusing on with your hands and movement and stuff it yeah it gives your mind less room to wander kind of yeah yeah and it's like more active so like sitting there it can get like you just focus on if you're uncomfortable or something like that whereas this gives you something else to focus on which makes it a little bit easier and then I try and get out in nature as much as I can because I always feel like obviously I get a little bit of seasonal depression because you gotta be inside all the time but I just I don't know it just feels great being outside like in the sun and I mean I guess those are pretty much the main ones I'm in a clinical mental health counseling program right now, which like, I would say learning about mental health is in a way its own like coping mechanism for me, just absorbing as much information as I can. And like, sometimes like, I feel like I almost use that as like a, I don't know, like a, I'll try and absorb all this information but not necessarily do anything about my own, but I'm like, oh, by absorbing this, it must lead to positive change, right? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I see that. It's like almost, you know how people say they like procrastinate clean or something like that. They clean to not have to do the things they need to do. Like I'll, I will <laughs> procrastinate research or procrastinate like listen to a podcast or something. I don't know. Hmm. I've never heard that terminology before, but that makes sense. I, <laughs> I made that up. Well, I mean, it might be a thing. I've heard of procrastinate cleaning, the whole procrastinate research thing I just made up. <laughs> Trademark it. Trademark yeah. it. <laughs> it probably exists somewhere. So like some of the stuff that you've been learning, like how, what does that all cover? Like, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I know you were saying it's kind of like to be a, a counselor. Is it for, I guess, learning how to address other people's mental illnesses or like, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, well, you can do a few different things with the clinical mental health counseling degree. Say that five times fast. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of long. Talk therapy is the main thing. Like that is the main focus of the program. But you can be like a career counselor. You could focus on personality disorders. If you go into like a community health center, like you're going to get all different sorts of, you know, people, all ages, all different sorts of um, disorders. Whereas you could work in a private practice where you'll still, you know, encounter some different things, but like maybe not as many personality disorders, you know, I, 
that's what I've heard anyway. Like I'm not, I'm not like absolutely sure what I want to go into yet. I think I want to work with young adult, probably in the private practice setting or potentially career counseling. Actually addictions would be a good one too. You could be an addictions counselor. I'm actually in a substance use course this session and it's learning about motivational interviewing, which is basically using reflective listening and affirmations and stuff, but getting the client to kind of like voice the arguments for change, if that makes sense. So you're basically like, rather than giving advice and telling them what's the right thing to do, it's basically just reflecting their own thoughts back to them in a way where they they hear what they're saying and they're like arguing for what would work better for them. So that's actually an interesting technique that I've been learning this session. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting. And the reason, I guess, that I got into it is because I like having conversations like this. And it also comes from a need, a desire to understand how my own brain works. Yeah, so. I totally get that. And that's yeah. kind of what I wanted to do with the podcast as well. And just learn a little bit more about different mental illnesses. And yeah, just kind of let people know like, hey, we all kind of go through different things and I mean, yeah, I, I like to read. I don't know if you've ever read. I think it's just like through the the mighty. I don't know if it's like a blog or something of that sort. I just, I get emails all the time from them. And I like reading when they've got one of their authors who just writes their experiences with their mental illness or ways of coping. Like they've got a bunch of different things through there and it's like, oh, that's really interesting. And so I, I really, yeah, I like that aspect of kind of learning kind of a little bit about my own depression. And I think I even have a little bit of anxiety as well. And just, yeah, learning about it and then, and kind of maybe from that trying to figure out like, oh, okay, you know, I could use this for coping or this is how, this is kind of what's going on. I think that's kind of the next step into getting better is just kind of understanding what it is. Cause I remember you were mm-hmm. saying something about, you know, when you're younger, you had no idea. I, I know like when I was younger, it's like, oh, I had no idea it was depression. I think like way back then when you're younger, you're like not even, not that you're not aware of the mental illnesses and things going on, but it's like, I don't think it ever even registered like, oh, that's what, oh, it's depression. Like, it was just like, oh, you know, I just felt like super unlucky and thought, oh, it's self-esteem issues and all this other stuff. It's like, oh no, it's depression. There's a, there's a name for it and stuff. So I think it's important to learn a little bit more about your mental health and mental illness and Mm -hmm. yeah, use that as building blocks to getting better and coping with things. Yeah. I feel like anxiety and depression definitely go hand in hand. I feel like if you have one, then you definitely have a little bit of the other sometimes just because it's hard to like live with the anxious thoughts without like having it take a hit on your, you know, happiness and self-esteem. Yeah. You know, kind of bring you down and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like depression and anxiety both have the like rumination and negative thinking and actually about like learning about it and making me feel better was the first time I went to a therapist and they gave me the list of cognitive distortions. I don't know if you've ever seen that list. I have not. At least I don't don't think, I don't remember it. I should say (laughs) if they did show me, I don't remember it. Yeah. I noticed that I do a lot of them. (laughs) So I was like, oh, wow, there's a name for all of the stuff that I do. Like, you know, examples are like catastrophizing. So like something small derails you and you blow it out of proportion and feel like it's the end of the world or like mind reading where you just assume, you know, what someone else is thinking. And often it's negative. Um, I don't remember getting this list, but now that you're like listing them off, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I do, I do a little bit of that. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds right too. Uh Yeah. Yeah. 
or magnification like you magnify your flaws and minimize anything good that you do or accomplish all of those things all or nothing thinking I'm gonna have to look up this list and just uh take this little like quiz for myself yeah (laughs) it's gonna be like check 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 yeah but yeah I remember feeling like I think I cried when she handed me the list like I was just like oh my god I don't know if it was relief or I mean, maybe it was, I think it was a little bit of relief. And I mean, I was relieved that there was an explanation that meant that it wasn't so unique, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think that's comforting to people. I think it, I think it kind of is a relief of feeling understood in a sense. Yeah. You're like, okay, like this isn't like, I'm not the only one who's experiencing things like this. This seems like a normal thing. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like that's the but best then- way that I can describe it. On the other side of the coin, it's like, I don't want, I mean, obviously I know that I do that, but you don't want the fact that you do that to like make other people discount the way that you think or something. You know what I mean? Like I, with Evan, sometimes I want to make sure that he knows, okay, like, yeah, you know that these exist and I know that they exist, but that doesn't mean that my thoughts aren't valid, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so there's like an interesting two side of the coin thing there. Yeah, like for an example, like if um, kind of like what you were saying, like the, and I'm, not, I'm going to probably butcher this word, catastrophizing. Yeah, no, you got word? it. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, my brain, you know, I go to say it and then my brain's like, nope. Yeah, those, those type of thoughts, like it's, yeah, like you said, it's important for people to know like where you're coming from, like why mm-hmm. they're there and like, yeah, not to diminish the value of them still. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I think another issue with anxiety and depression and a way that meditation helps is that people just take their automatic thoughts as truth when it's really just your analysis of something and you can, with meditation, you can get that little like pause in between and be like, well, actually, is that true? You know, the automatic thoughts can definitely weigh you down. Yeah, kind of like how I mentioned over time I kind of realized I think I have a little bit of anxiety too and with you saying like oh yeah you know the worrying and stuff like I know it's like such a a morbid thing but like I worry about death all the time like for some like and I did a a podcast a while ago about overthinking too and I think that's kind of part of the anxiety and and other things like for some reason I get these thoughts that like burrow and of course it's always at night it's always when you're (laughs) trying to go to sleep like these thoughts that kind of burrow in your mind. And I know sometimes I'll have to say like, stop, stop, like stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can like pull myself out of it, maybe go to sleep. And other times it's like, nope, going right back into that thought. I don't know. It's just like something I worry about all the time. Like, oh, you know, what happens? Like if I go in and Biddy's still here, who's going to, I know my cat, (laughs) but it's like, you know, who would take care of my cat? Because I'll I'll think like, oh, you know, I miss my grandma. I miss my my other grandma and and Auntie Velda and stuff. And then I just like start getting in those thoughts of like, oh my gosh, well, like when my time comes and like, I know it's like such a weird thing to talk about, but like, I feel like I have those worries so often and it's just like, oh my gosh, no. Yeah. I have to tell myself like, stop, stop, like go to sleep, stop thinking about it. I I know on some on some level, it's good to think about death because it kind of helps you appreciate the moment a little bit more. But yeah, with the anxiety, it goes too far the other way sometimes. I worry about my my own health and then I worry about my family a lot. Sometimes if I'm getting a, a call from someone like unexpectedly, my first thought is like, oh my God, who died? What happened? I have to like rein that in. <laughs> Especially with COVID, I feel like that got even more exacerbated for me. 
just like the unknowns of it and yeah definitely there's, there's a specific diagnosis for illness anxiety too but I feel like that's more just oneself kind of hypochondriac hypochondriasis or however you say that which I kind of also am it's like every twinge I'm like what is that see I think for some reason I just like I don't I don't even want to say I got in a habit but it's just like I know with the Hashimoto's and stuff like I have a lot of weird pains and stuff and I'm just like oh it could be this oh okay <laughs> like oh it could be arthritis oh it could be this I know, I know my mom would be like don't say that and we'd be like oh it's a tumor oh okay you know like I don't, <laughs> I don't know I feel like sometimes I'm the opposite and I don't know if that's like somehow like a weird cope but like an like odd coping mechanism to something that's just like okay I think I'm just like trying to tell myself like, oh, I guess it is what it is kind of thing, which I don't think it's helping me, but it, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a weird, I, I don't even know how to analyze that. Cause I so think you're I saying use... like, you'll, you'll have a pain and you're like, oh, that might be a tumor or something. <laughs> or like, like, okay. I think I a, be- okay, a, a better, you, some, you know, sometimes it's been like, wow, like it's a really intense headache and it's like, oh my God, it could be this. But like, I think this is something that's maybe a little more realistic. Like I get these like weird shooting pains in my limbs, legs, arms, even like, and I feel it the most like in my hands sometimes. So like, yeah, there's that like, oh, arthritis, but then sometimes like in my legs and stuff, it's like this weird, I don't even know. It almost feels like a pulse in the same spot in a vein or whatever. And I like my brain, my brain automatically goes to like, Oh my god! What if I have a blood clot? Yeah, I I knew I knew you were that. Was like, like I'm like, oh okay, you know, what am I gonna do about it? Type thing. Like I don't know, but yeah, I get it. Like my brain always jumps to like, oh my god, it could be this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have okay, a bad you one. know, it could be like, it could be like just a muscle spasm or something weird that like. But then I, I kind of feel stupid like bringing it up to my doctor, like, oh yeah, I got these like weird pains. I think it could be this, and they'll be like, really? You're like, come on. <laughs> think you're going overboard like I'm I'm slightly worried about that I didn't mention this to my doctor because I know that it's like ridiculous I had a like a muscle twitch in my tongue that kept recurring and like a muscle twitch in your tongue feels really unsettling I don't know if you've ever had one anyway for me it was (laughs) and I like looked it up because I I got convinced that it was like early signs of ALS I mean I was actually legitimately worried now I still get them sometimes but I guess I've convinced myself that that's ridiculous some people were like oh yeah the first sign was a muscle twitch in the tongue (laughs) or something and I'm like oh god See, and that's like, I mean, that's like just a prime example of dealing with anxiety. You take things that really aren't probably a big deal. It probably is just a muscle twitch and nothing more than that. Like maybe you like, yeah, just did something weird and it was just a muscle twitch and anxiety just amplifies everything and is like, nope, it's this. (laughs) Like, like, no, it's not this little thing. It's this big thing. Lovely anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, basically anxiety is like, nothing's guaranteed. You could lose everything tomorrow. And I've noticed, I don't know if you ever experienced this with anxiety because I think a part of, I don't know what I thought it was at first. And then it kind of dawned on me, like maybe it is anxiety. Like I noticed it like when I was on air, like if I had to stare at a camera, I'd have these like weird, what would you call it? Like, you know I mean? Yeah, like a twitch or I'd like have a like- muscle twitch? Yeah, it always like, I always feel it in my like neck. And then I think like, oh my God, I'm being obvious that like my, my neck is like spasming or something right now. Or like, I'd feel it like in my jaw. And I don't know if that was anxiety. It had to be, it has to be some form of anxiety, like, or like stress in general. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I, you know, I never thought like in those moments I was stressed or feeling anxious, but then it's like, oh my God, like, and I don't know if it was also like 
my vision, like trying to focus on something or like, you know, kind of thought maybe in the back of my mind, it was like, okay, I'm looking at the camera and there's millions of people looking at their TV on the other side of the camera <laughs> thing. And I don't know if like that got in my mind and was like, oh, oh face twitch, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems understandable to me. <laughs> but I started noticing that getting worse as the years went on. So maybe it's a good thing that I'm not in it anymore. Like no more facial spasms. <laughs> Although I kind of like felt it a little bit in my neck. Like when we started this podcast, I'm like, oh my God, maybe it's an on-camera thing. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe, it, yeah. Maybe it is like the, your body's recognizing your anxiety more than your brain is at this moment or something. I mean, you, yeah, they say you carry stress and anxiety in different areas of your body. So I definitely feel like it's in my neck. Yeah, like I think because I think that's the cause of a lot of my headaches too. Because like when I get a headache, it's the base of my head and into my neck. Like sometimes I'll get like the all around. I'm sure there's like some medical, some scientific name for that, like the different <laughs> headaches. But yeah, I've noticed all of my stuff is like at the base of my neck, uh, the base of my head and my neck, which also then brings up the worries of like, oh, well, maybe it's like a brain tumor. Like, <laughs> gosh, yeah, like the anxiety, like there's moments where it's like, oh, well, you know, you always have headaches here. Maybe it's this like, I mean, it's all just health is so unknown. I feel like it's just you hear the horror stories and it just like plants itself in your brain. The worst possible outcome. Well, it was fun and nice to have this conversation. I know for the last couple episodes, I've been kind of just talking about stuff myself. And I mean, much like TV kind of, you got to imagine people on the other side of the camera. I'm imagining people with the podcast. That's like, it's nice actually having somebody else to kind of talk with and like a soundboard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been fun. And thank you so much for being on the episode today. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot more stuff to talk about. So we'll have to have more conversations. Yeah, definitely. Thanks and I, for inviting me on. Yeah, no problem. And I think it's it'd be really cool to hear more about kind of what you're studying in school. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely plan a couple more episodes. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, Hannah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's topic and found something helpful in the episode. If you liked the conversation from today, be sure to join us in the private Our Secret Self Living with a Mental Illness Facebook group to get involved in more mental health and illness-related conversations. If you think this podcast and Facebook group could help a friend or loved one, be sure to share this episode with them and invite them to the group. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And I look forward to having you join me next week. In the meantime, I want you to take a deep breath, give yourself grace, and believe in the possibility of tomorrow.